wrestling fans, football season is just around the corner, which means wrestling season's next, which means it's time to place your custom team apparel orders at SpartanCombat.com. Go to SpartanCombat.com to order custom warm-ups, singlets, shorts, t-shirts, and wear the same gear that Kyle Dake, Yanni D., David Carr, and Kylie Welker wear. SpartanCombat.com. That's what Ed brought to the room, right? Like, he couldn't turn it off, right? He was going to destroy whoever he had, and he just never backed down. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's it's five percent of the ingredient it pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort it humbled me taught me humility nothing can hit humble you more than wrestling i think it's the learning to adapt right you learn you learn how to adapt you learn how to solve problems you know if i look back my time i spent wrestling if it gave me one thing more than anything else it's mental toughness Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Our guest today is an Illinois legend, Jack Griffin, 1990 NCAA champ for Northwestern, two-time All-American. He was also a two-time Illinois state champ. After Northwestern, Jack went to wrestle at the Hawkeye Wrestling Club under Dan Gable. He has some great stories, and I loved having him on the podcast. Special thanks to Bill McKenna for making this happen. And also a special thanks to our fan of the week. This week it goes to Tebow's 1969 recent Apple podcast review. Hooked on this podcast. Can't believe I didn't start listening sooner. Thank you so much, Tebow's. We greatly appreciate it. And without further ado, let's get to the goods with Jack Griffin. All right, Jack Griffin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Ryan. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. We love having Illinois guys on the show. There's no doubt I'm, I'm biased to the, uh, to the land of Lincoln, and you were a, a two-time Illinois ch- state champ before going on to Northwestern. Man, before we get into your career, what do you think of the Northwestern Cats season this year, putting 10 at the big dance? Uh, as you know, first time ever in our history, uh, quite the uh, impressive uh, feat. Um, I, it's, they got a great group. Matt Storniolo's just, he's leading the pack and doing a heck of a job and couldn't be more proud of where he's gone. Right. Being an assistant coach up to assistant coach, um, or the head coach. And it's just really doing a great job. And now a little bit of a rebuild with the coaching staff. We're excited about that and who he's bringing in and who he's brought in and, um, doing a great job. So it was, uh, you know, super excited. I didn't think Deacon was coming back. You know, we thought it was like a 5% chance, 10% chance, already had a couple of degrees um, ready to move on. And uh, I don't know what changed his mind or who changed his mind, but, 
you know, after that devastating defeat in the semis the year before, um, you know, for him to come back and win it all, what a, what a treat and couldn't happen to a better, better young man. He seems like a guy that's just all around put together and everything he does. hundred percent, hundred percent. And he just left for Stanford. He did. Yeah. I, I guess he's going to coach and train out there and uh, you know, probably time for a change. And uh, I'm hopeful that he'll be able to get back to Chicago and train with our kids when he can as well. I would imagine that's still in play or hope, I'm hoping it is. And, uh, but good for him. Sometimes change is good, but just like me, when I went over to uh, Iowa city for a couple of years. Yeah. And it's like, you look back at your Northwestern teams before you went to Iowa city, you guys got fourth one year which is, which is pretty remarkable. I mean, is that the highest Northwestern's ever finished? It has. And I think we've, they've tied, we've, I think three or four teams have done it now. Um, that happened my senior year and uh, pretty cool. Uh, I, when I won in the finals, we leapfrogged Nebraska to take over fourth place, but Terry and um, going, Jason had a battle the next match. And if Jason won, they leapfrog us again. And then we're going to need Trav, Brad Traviola, my teammate to beat, um, dancing John. And, uh, um, thankfully Terry did his job and, uh, we retained the fourth place trophy. And, um, that was just simply amazing, right? Team effort. I think we had five guys down there at the time, four all Americans. And so not a wow. bad run. Yeah. Wow. Well, man, there's just so many good stories that, that we're going to talk about today. Um, you know, at all different levels of it, but let's just start, start back in the, in the IKWF days, you know, for, for folks who aren't from Illinois, that's the, that's the middle school circuit, highly competitive. Everyone knows uh, what IKWF club you grew up wrestling on. So how'd you get involved with it, coach? Yeah, no, it's a, um, it's a fun story. And, uh, in fact, I just, uh, a couple of years ago, revisited with the guy that got me into wrestling, Mark Zader. Um, we were at, Payless uh, West, you know, grade school, his older brothers at Payless South Junior High, which was the club or the wrestling team name. And um, they needed lightweights, uh, 60 pounds. Right. And so uh, Mark said he's going out for wrestling. And I had no clue what wrestling was. I had an older brother who ran. Uh, my dad uh, played lights at you know basketball at St. Leo High School back in the day. Um, and, but it was one of those things, well, if Mark Zader is going to do it, another friend of ours, Kevin file, I'm like, well, then I'm going to do it and, uh, uh, join the team. Um, and I, I think ultimately Ryan, the, the two, three years of pain, cause I was not a natural, I, I was awful. I did remember I won my first ever, um, exhibition match, um, didn't win many more that year. Um, in fact, I believe Mark Zader was the one who beat me out for the starting spot, um, and I'd cry every time I lost. Right. But I think, you know, that perseverance, losing, getting a little bit better year to year really ended up being a great thing for me and get me to leapfrog. And ultimately, I, I just missed going down to Kid State in seventh grade. I lost to Danny O'Brien of the famous, you know, O'Brien family with Mike and Tommy and him. And uh um, and he was younger than me. Right. So that hurt too. Um, but then I, I made that big jump in eighth grade and, uh, made it to the state finals where, uh, I'll never forget his name. Scott Holbrook, uh, kind of owned me road legs. I couldn't get out. And, uh, I believe he was from Sterling Newman. Um, and he went on to win three state, uh, championships in class a. So, um, great start to my career. Paul Blone was our head coach and no nonsense guy, but, um, you know, when you're going to start off at a wrestling program, having a coach that knows what he's doing um, is quite helpful. And we had a nice little team back then. We were not a powerhouse like the Twisters or anything, but um, good enough, won our share. And uh, um, it certainly was a great start for, for myself and my career. What do you think changed between seventh grade and eighth grade? 
You know, um, probably less thinking, right? I, I, I tell people, uh, and this is going to sound funny, um, I think my secret sauce um, eventually was I didn't think, I just went out and wrestled. And I, I think that was part of it, right? I just, that self-belief and just going out there and, and chasing it, um, I think, and just going, whether it was six minutes, seven minutes, however long it took, I'm just going to go do my best and, and see what happens. So I think that was it for sure. Yeah, it's so common with kids to just overthink it and get in their head before it starts. 100%, right? And I had my own battle with that post-NCAA championship where I was losing to kids that I tech-falled and, you know, through the help of the sports psychologist at Iowa and just, you know, winning a big match again, um, I think that got me through it. But those struggles are real. And if, you get in, if you're in it, it's, it's dark. And if you can get through it, it's, it's amazing. And I was fortunate to, to get through that. So, yeah, that's the... The biggest challenge is that six inches between your ears and uh, even ugly wrestling ears. Um, but uh, <laughs> if you can get that going, you know, you're going to you're going to go a long way. So that happened to you after you'd won the NCAAs in 1990 when you were doing your freestyle career. Yeah, I was, you know, I don't know what that was, but all of a sudden I just, you know, you, you lose one, you don't think you should have. And then all of a sudden it's getting compounded. And uh, I was just really struggling and um, I'm forgetting his name and what a great guy at Iowa. Um and I, I give Gable credit because Gable's like, you know, he didn't need it, right? Um, the Brands Brothers didn't need it, but I was struggling. And he's like, hey, go see this guy. And I'm so sorry that I'm forgetting his name. Great man. But um, I kept saying, I stink. I can't. I suck. And, you know, just classic uh, character assassination. And um, he'd be like, what'd you say? I'm like, Ugh, I don't stink. I made a mistake. I can fix the mistake, you know, that, that type of mentality. And then, you know, going back to the point where it switched again, I'm in the Ohio international open I'm wrestling the Cuban. Um, in fact, I think it was the one that Zeke had to beat in the second round of the Olympics, big match. Um, I had beaten him, you know, a, a couple months earlier and um, wrestling on great match going back and forth. I'm down one. We lock up. I lateral drop him. We land on our sides and he pops on top. And there I go. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, there we go again. I can't win the big one, you know? And then uh, my next match is against a guy from Turkey. Take him down, turn him. I'm like, okay, this is good. He takes me down, turns me. I'm like, okay. And I hit my headlock and I pin him. And I literally said, I'm back. And I went on, I took third. I beat Roselli, you know, and, um, and Zeke, I think won it. And just, that was my springboard to, you know, winning the U S open later that next year or that year and uh, going from there. But it's just so funny. All the help in the world can't help. You still need to win that big match. I think that just flips that script a little bit. And I was like, I'm back. And uh, again, good to be on the right side of uh, mentally strong. <laughs> it's crazy how many foreigners you guys had in tournaments back then in the U.S. Like, like, yeah. like, yeah. like a Turk, a Cuban at, at, a, at a tournament in Ohio. That's kind of crazy. Right. Yeah. The Cuban was a it was a USA Cuba duel up in. Um, oh, shoot. Way up in Wisconsin. And uh, it was just great to be a part of that. And a lot of fun. And that might have been. Yeah. Right there. Ninety ninety one, I think. So but it was good. Yeah. Getting that experience is huge. And you mentioned something that's interesting. You mentioned character assassination. Is that like a, a sports psychology term that that you noticed you were falling into? Yeah, um, um, the doc brought it up, right? And that was my classic thing instead of, you know, like, hey, we hear a lot about it today. It's okay to fail and embrace failing. And I, it's so powerful. And it is if you embrace it the right way. It's like, okay, what did I do wrong? Okay, I was out of my stance or hey, I shot too far away or, or whatever it might be. But yeah, that whole, 
I, I, you know, I do it in golf all the time. I can't hit out of sand, right? I'm working <laughs> on it. Um, it's not getting much better, but you know, it's that putting that barrier up on yourself. And if you can catch it and talk your way around it and make little corrections, you're on your way to, to, to getting better, right? In some way, shape or form. So yeah, character assassination, I think is what they call it. I don't know if there's a, a better term or not, but uh, I was definitely attacking my character for sure. I like that though. It's, it's just a form. It's a way to, to kind of group anytime you're having negative self-talk. Right. And sports, life, whatever, right. It's, it's, yeah, it's, the mind is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> it is. It's so, it's a, it's very fickle. It's a tricky, tricky thing, especially in sports. Yeah. It's like a little, little bit of a magnifying glass, but certainly it's all areas of life, business relationships, whatever. Right. So you, so you, 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 you kind of, you're not dealing with some of these issues back in, in the, in the great old IKWF days. And, and when you go to Palos Heights, being a little guy, did you start right away or at the high school? Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I went to Stag High School and um, yeah, I was, well, let me correct that. Um, I had 12 matches at the sophomore level as a freshman, won those. Um, it's funny, uh, Dave Anderson was my coach. Again, uh, here I am going to a, another program with great coaches, great workout partners. You know, this was a team that was going to actually eventually the next year win the first ever dual meet state championship. And Stag did. Yeah, we are the, the first ones ever. And that's, and here's the crazy part, Ryan. We we had those dual meets at this individual state tournament while the individual state tournament was going on. What? Like, like in the afternoon or in the night in session? In the evening. Yeah, okay. when the individual sessions done. And, you know, in my opinion, I know it cost people, you know, individual places. I know uh, my buddy yeah. Kevin Walsh's older brother, Terry, just missed. And I, you know, I think he was knows extra matches, right? And you had to be up for it and the team. And, but anyway, going back, you know, so um, I ultimately did, because Dave Anderson said, one thing that haunts me is like, how I didn't start you the whole time, I don't know. Because um, I ended up being like 19 and nine freshman year, um, made it to sectionals, uh, didn't make it down. But, uh, you know, getting your feet wet, being in that varsity room, I was always in the varsity room. Um, and there was a lot of just great workout partners. You know, I talked about the IO room, no place to hide. Well, as a freshman, there was there was no place to hide for me either. And you know, I wrestled to what 98 pounds. Um, and so uh, um, I've beaten that by the way, I'm, I'm a little heavier than that <laughs> now, but um, yeah, it was a great start. And again, great teammates. And you know, that common belief when you're all rolling in the right direction and we knew big things were coming. Cause I think what, before we, before I got there, you know, they were, they, they won the vast majority of their dual meets and that continued. And so we were just starting to, to climb a little bit. So Man, to be a, a team dual state champ is so rare in the public schools. You know, you don't always see it. So like, who were you guys going up against to win the team states during that? that well, era? you know, it's, well, it's crazy if I remember it all, but let's go back to sectionals, right? Southside is the, is the place where um, just the depth is just incredible. Right. So we had to beat Marist who was ranked one or two, I think, I'm, I, you know, in the team picture, um, we beat them first um, great duel. And I, I got accused of uh, giving the finger of the crowd after I won my match and I gave number one, my dad would have killed me if I gave anyone <laughs> finger. Um, but people are adamant that I gave the finger. I'm like, no way. Um, those Maris fans are heated though. Those, <laughs> some of those, uh, man, some of those Oak park Maris stools at Maris was, were ugly. And uh, I'm sure that they were just as passionate back in the eighties. Yeah. Mark Gervais who helped me a lot in my freestyle summers and yeah, just a great rivalry, right? My cousin, Johnny Griffin was on, you know, was around on that team and it's just, uh, 
yeah, battles, right? And then, okay, you, so you win that one, and it, uh, is it later that night? Yeah, same day. Um, we're wrestling Mon Carmel, who was, again, one or two, right? And <laughs> I don't know what we were ranked going in the state series, but then we knocked them off. And so then we go down, and I think the first match is against um, Conan, who is, you know, predicted to, to beat us. And uh, um, we, we, we beat them rather easily. And then I forget who the other one was. Uh, but ultimately, we got back to uh, Glenbard North. Oh um, that that was, was our rival. You know, they were they were a great team, um, and uh, what a what a great dual meet. I mean, it was it was to the end. Um, in fact, uh, what's the 185 pounder Savignago? He okay. they put someone in at 185 for him to wrestle Don Schrader, who just won a state title earlier that day against uh, the kid from St. Pat's. They they. They battled like every, I think, sectional and state finals. And, you know, it wasn't fair to Savignago. And um, he wrestled. He was a warrior, a, a tough kid. Um, but Don was just too big and athletic and uh, took home the W. And, yeah, when we won the first ever one, it was quite, you know, something. Yeah, there's only one first, right? And uh, that's the Stag Chargers. So it was pretty special. Wow. And people say winning the team title, that much more memorable maybe not more memorable than an individual, but in certain ways it can be. hundred percent. You know, and, and along that team kind of line, Ryan, um, when I clinched it, people were like, Oh, you, you must be so proud of your national championship. Sure. Right. Yeah. More proud that we took fourth, brought home a trophy. It's huge, huge. Oh my God. I mean, yeah. just to look at now, how many teams, how many great teams don't get to that fourth place trophy in, in today's team races. I'm sure. It was the same back then. And so you're, I didn't realize how good the, the team was. So you're on a great team. And once you got to high school, were you big into like setting goals and like knowing where you wanted to go to get to that first state title? Uh, you know, I, I, I was sure I wanted to be a four timer, right? Who doesn't? It's, it's a lot of this, but um, I, I wanted to be a state champ. I, I can't say I got deep into it, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we wanted to win the team title. I knew if, if things went well and I stayed healthy, I, I would have a shot hopefully at a, a, a state placing a state championship and uh you know sophomore year I made it down I went over two that year that was my sophomore year when we won the, the the overall team but I won every match for my team and um disappointed you know going over two that year I lost um to a kid from Champagne Centennial I think and then uh I'm wrestling a freshman next match named Phil Johns who I ended up wrestling two years later in the state championship, my senior year. And so I think that was the motivation, right. To go, okay, I don't want to ever do that again, get down there and not win. And, uh, and then just things started to, to blossom that, that junior year, and that kind of stuff. And so when you're down there as a sophomore, were the individual finals before or after the dual finals? Uh, in, I believe that was first. And then I was like, yeah, no, it had to be. Yep. Yeah, because we need because Don won a state, our heavyweight won a state championship. And so that was, you know, think about that, right? You win your individual in a heck of a match, and now you have to, you know, go and win another one for your team to, to win it all. It's the ultimate pressure, right? That wow. night, like, the same crazy. day. That's great crazy. atmosphere, though, right? I mean, the crowds, the people, yeah, the duel, yeah, the kids that are down there competing individually, the teams down there, and that atmosphere. It was, it was nuts. It was nuts. Wow. That's, in, that's insane. I can't even imagine. It'd be better to have all the fans there because now the duels the week after and there's not as many fans. But right. that would I'd like think about going from like the highest of high that having to refocus for a dual meet. Right. Yeah. Like if you lost the state championship, now you're in the finals wrestling. It's like, uh, are you there? Right. It's that's yeah. tough. And so after you won your second state title, what were your plans for college and where you wanted to go? 
Yeah, you know, I, I took ultimately three recruiting trips. Um, I knew I wanted to stay close to home, Ryan, being an Illinois boy. My mom and dad and my family are very close, just loved watching. I, you know, I have a twin sister, my biggest fan, Joanne. And, um, and so, yeah, you know, knowing that there is no professional wrestling for a 118-pounder, um, I went with the best education, right? So Northwestern ultimately won. But I visited uh, – uh, Wisconsin. Um, and Russ Hulkson was the coach there and he's not there for my first day of my visit. I'm like, where's coach. And they're like, Oh, he'll be back. You're meeting with him tomorrow morning for breakfast. I'm like, okay, great. Had a good time that night. Come back and I'm in his office and I'm with a, uh, a, a kid from Ohio getting recruited and he's saying, Oh boy, I just wish, you know, Hulkson was at Ohio state. I'd, I'd go here for sure. Um, oh, what's it? Monty Dagley, I think was the name. And, um, I could, I had breakfast and coach goes, Jack, I'm going to Ohio state. I'm going to be the new coach there. Do you want to go with me? And I said, no, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I didn't want to go that far, you know? And I was just like, no, thank you, sir. And uh, you know, that was the end of that. And then I also went to Indiana, um, which uh, oh, Metzler was the assistant coach. Um, oh, what's his Jim name? Humphrey. Yeah. Jim. So what a great guy. story with those guys. They're in my house, visit and, and Humphrey's going to, they got to meet someone else after from Illinois and um, to recruit, but we're in, we're showing technique and Metzler's just like sweated through his dress shirt. My mom had to take his shirt and iron it for him and <laughs> get him ready for, get him ready for the next the home visit. So uh, it's hard to say no to those guys. That was a, that was a great visit. Great team. I knew they were, I mean, you know, had I been on that team, you know, they, I think they may have finished, you know, in the top five, six, seven, who knows what I would have done to help that team. Um, but uh, ultimately no one like, you know, homes 35 miles away. Um, great education. I'm not going to, I'm a, I'm a first generation college kid. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom and dad didn't uh, uh, go to college. Mom came to the United States at 17 from Ireland. And uh, really, so, uh, it was a big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. So um, what did your folks do? Yeah, my dad was an operating engineer. Um, he worked uh, all over the place, ultimately a long time for the Chicago Board Options Exchange. And then uh, mom, you know, and raising five kids, was stayed home for most and then would, you know, clean the um, a, a local architectural business, you know, doing the floors and the toilets, all that kind of stuff. And then ultimately she ended up being uh, the cafeteria lady at, at my high school. So she'd get mad at me when I'd go through the cafeteria line and, you know, instead of eating something good, I'd have a, you know, a, like a chocolate little ice cream <laughs> and a nutty bar. And she'd be like, she'd bring out vegetables. She's like, what are you doing? Um, so I had to behave at my high school because I knew my mom was there, but uh, yeah, just blue collar people. Right. And this opened the door for me. My twin ultimately went to a four-year college, Joanne to East Illinois and then Kathy, Tommy, and Mary didn't go to college. Tommy ultimately did and became a, a nurse. He's just doing great. So proud of him. Like probably the smartest guy in the family. And I'm the one with the Northwestern degree, right? Yeah. Um, but you know how those changed, Ryan? It's, it, it wasn't just about changing my life trajectory. You know, all of us who had kids in our family, they all have gone to college, right? So that's that power of, you know, a full ride scholarship in my case and just changing where your life could be headed. Right. And not that college is the answer, but there's a lot of great industries out there, you know, that you can, you can jump into the trades, boy, do we need people there. Right. And you don't have to go a hundred thousand dollars in debt to get that. And it's a great, a great career. All right. But uh, it was a game changer. It was it. So wrestling, you know, how did it change my life? That's that changed mine and a lot of other people. So. Yeah. When you think about the academics, were you always a straight A student? Or did like wrestling <laughs> propel you to do that? 
Okay, so I asked Dorney. I'm like, okay, here's my GPA. Here's my ACT. Do I get in now knowing that I could win a national title? And he's like, you don't have a chance. I didn't belong there then, Ryan. Um, it was a stretch. I remember um, they wanted me to take the SAT. And I was still in, but they were, hey, will you take it? And I'm like, sure. Um, and then all of a sudden, my coach goes, uh, Dave Anderson goes, hey, do you want to go to the NCAA tournament in Iowa City? The same, you know. And this is 86. Weekend. What? Is this 86? Yeah. Now it's the same weekend as, you know, my SAT test. I didn't go to the SAT test. I went to (laughs) Iowa City. And um, I remember watching a future, well, he'd be a workout partner, but he graduated. Steve DiPietro get upset in the semis by the flea, uh, Brad Penrith. And, uh, you know, he came back and took third. And, uh, um, but it was just seeing that atmosphere, seeing what was ahead for me in the future. I was just, it was great. And I'm glad I didn't take the SAT test, but to answer your question, no, you know, I didn't belong in Northwestern. Um, hardest part is getting in. I knew I wasn't going to go into engineering. I knew I wasn't going to be a doctor. Right. And, um, but you know, those places like Northwestern's, the Ivies, any school, you can get a great education. Um, just got to get down the right path. And I, and I chose one. And it was, I was in a school of education on the human development and social policy side of things. And, uh, Loved it. Great experience. Got through, met my wife. I, you know, if I wanted to hang out with her and she was a biomedical engineer, guess what I got to do? I got to study. <laughs> study. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, 26, you know, years of marriage pass. It's been a, it's been a, a, a great ride. And uh, Northwestern's done a lot of great things, just, even outside of wrestling for me. So, yeah. And I want to talk about what you're doing now because it, it kind of reminds me of, of sales a little bit, but I just got to go back. 1986, for folks who don't know, is in Iowa City. Iowa wins it with only five All-Americans, or maybe it's only, it's either they only had five qualifiers or five All-Americans, but they all won or something crazy like that. Like they set the record or tied the record. Uh, What was it like in 86 at Carver? Oh, it's just, I mean, a madhouse. That wasn't the year Dresser won it, was it? Did Dresser win it there? I don't know. Rico Ciparelli, um, yeah, was um uh, was Royce on that team that he played? Yeah, Royce. Well? Royce, I think won, I believe. But man, I I just know that uh, eighty six was the lat was the ninth title for Iowa because in eighty seven, um, <clears throat> what's the wrestler? The X. The X. Uh, singlet. Yes, yes, yes. I uh, I'm totally embarrassed. I can't think of the wrestler from Iowa State who penned Penrith. Um, Mm. Oh my God. In the split. Illinois boy. Yeah. Oh, come on. Richard's high school. Uh, Billy Kelly. Billy Kelly in the Splato. Yeah. Splato. Yeah, so Penrith, uh, you know, doesn't get the, the title, but Iowa, you know, the streak ends. Iowa State wins it. And then next year, Arizona State gets in there. So that 86 was like the last year before the, the collapse of the empire for a, a few brief years. Right. Definitely. Yeah. You know, was, so was, to be there as a high school senior must have been insane. Oh, it's just, it was, you know, it's next level, right? Uh, just seeing, being there firsthand and go, wow, these guys can really wrestle. So it was opened my eyes and gave you something to train for, for sure. And a lot of people from your era, you know, they didn't have flow or the internet. So they, they didn't see many college matches. Was that your first college match that you had watched? No, you know, I was blessed to, you know, have the Midlands, right? So if oh, you want yeah. a state, uh, sorry, a, a local tournament during the year, I forget what company maybe Com Disco, someone tied to Northwestern, um, you'd get free tickets. And so I remember going up there my junior and senior year. In fact, um, it was my senior year. I'm sitting there with my dad watching. He loved wrestling and he never wrestled, but he picked it up. And um, I was watching the finals and I watched 118, obviously. And I'm like, I could be in the finals. And my dad didn't say anything. Right. And uh, um, the next 
year, my freshman year, I made it to the finals and he handed me a note. And uh, <laughs> no lost problem. data, you know. it's funny. I don't know why you get choked up. Right. But, you know, just basically said, Hey, you said you could be in the finals. You're in the finals, go out there and win it. Right. I mean, that's really cool. Um, unfortunately, um, I ran into El Palacio and, um, he had a single leg. I hit a cutback. He popped on top. I had a headlock threw him right to his back. He rolled me through That was 10 points right there. And I ended up getting tech fall in the finals. Um, but, uh, oh, no. it's pretty cool to see I could be there. And then I made it to the finals and the biggest win was easy in the semifinals. Um, that was huge win for me mentally. I got tech fall by him in the finals of the Northern open. I had a sprained ankle I, again, not much I could do, but Eddie was just phenomenal, but won a close one there and, uh, kind of spoiled his chance of wrestling place. Cause I guess he lost in the semifinals the year before, to him that cost him his shot at a national title. And so um, I sort of played spoiler a little bit. So, wow. So yeah. you, did you retro that year? No, I was a friend. I wrestled four years straight, four years straight. Holy smoke. So, I mean, the Midlands, how could I forget? I mean, for Illinois people, that's such a big tournament and definitely back then. Cause you had the non-collegiates coming in quite a bit. Woo. Yeah, I mean, just that it's it was it's tougher than a national tournament, right? Like some people didn't even get a shot. Some undergrads didn't get a shot at the finals ever because you got Jim Shear coming back. You know, you got Campbell, you whoever, right, coming back because that was it was okay then to go back and wrestle in Midlands because you use that as a little bit of training before you went overseas in the winter, right? Before you went to Russia or where Cuba or wherever you were going. So um, it was a bear. It was definitely a bear. Oh my gosh! So you you go as a senior. You say that to your dad, the next year you do it, but wrestling at Giese, I mean, and I'm glad you mentioned him because this era for Illinois wrestling was one of the best, um, you know, outside of maybe the mid two thousands or even that mid nineties, but this era where you're talking about, it kind of ended with Sean Bormet, but it had, you got you Giese, um, you know, Bam Pastelnik. I mean, so many guys are in this era. Ben Morris went on to wrestle collegially. I mean, talk about like what, what like when you're going to these college tournaments, are you seeing old teammates from the IHSA days at all these college tournaments? Yeah, you know, Illinois is such a strong, as you know, wrestling state, Ryan. Um, we're up there with everybody, right? And so, yeah, in fact, I think, you know, one of my, I think my second match in college was against um, Mike Irwin. You know, I wrestled him in the sectional finals, I think my junior year or my senior year, whichever one. And I'm like, really? I come all, I'm going to the Ohio Open. This, I'm wrestling a kid from Illinois. I'm like, give me a break. Right. And uh, um, so, yeah, 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 it was fun. Right. Cause then you can root for your buddies. Right. Uh, as long as you weren't wrestling against them. And uh, it was just fun. You're just rooting them on to do big, great things. In fact, how about a crazy story? Right. I was, I played golf uh, at home at a country club. And all of a sudden, a guy comes up to me. He's like, hey, Jack, you remember me? I'm Mike Center. And I'm like, I, I did and I didn't, you know, and he's like, I was wrestling for Miami of Ohio unattached, couldn't have his coach in the corner. He goes, you were in my corner every match. And so that kind of speaks to what you said. I had to be reminded of it, but it was like, Hey, that's an Illinois boy. He needs somebody. And yeah. I was, he yeah, was a different weight class. So I was able to jump in his corner and, and help him out. So yeah, I think we're a, you know, a close knit group and you want to do Illinois proud. And uh, you know, you always see, you know, what state had the most national champs and all Americans and you know, Illinois is right there, you know, in the thick of things. So. And Ed Giese was, was one of the best coming from Illinois during that era. How much older was he than you? 
you know, if a full four years. So he had graduated the year before my senior year in high school. And then, um, you know, we just competed in, you know, competitively against each other. And then I was blessed that he came back my senior year to, to be in my room full time and beat me up. And, uh, it was, it, it helped a ton. He's a heck of a coach, man. That guy can coach. He's an amazing guy. And, uh, he helped me a ton. What kind of mystique and like toughness did Ed Giese have? I mean, geez. you know, um, well, I had a, a high school coach, um, Jack Doyle played. He was a football coach and wrestling coach. And we call Jack Super Bowl Jack because every day was a Super Bowl. And um, that's what Ed brought to the room. Right. Like he couldn't turn it off. Right. He was going to destroy whoever he had. And he just never backed down. And um, and hey, I was competitive. I didn't like to lose in practice. So, you know, we had some great battles in practice and getting after it. And uh, but every once in a while, I'd be like in my head. I didn't say it out loud. I'd be like, chill, Ed. I'm like, you know, <laughs> it's just practice. Right. Um but again, that, you know, that's one thing I learned, you know, it's an opportunity to get better and you got to be on, even when you don't want to be on and you're feeling a little sorry for yourself, that kind of thing. Uh, he brought that again, just helped with that mental toughness and focus. So he was great. I'm like, you know, he pinned so many people was so dangerous. You know, he could have been Iowa Hawkeye. He lost, he got upset in the state finals. He got cradled and pinned, I think his senior year and Iowa dropped him and um, he went to Minnesota. Now that was Iowa's fault and problem because I don't know what they had after him. It wasn't easy. I don't think they had someone won one. I forget who it was it. Glenn, the Glenn win what a title, maybe Glenn um, did um, Paul Glenn. Yeah. I don't know. No, he, uh, he, I don't think he ever, he, I don't think he ever did, but I know that one year he was a starter and then Penrith got pulled in late in the year at the Iowa state duel might've been 87. Um, yeah, it was 87. Cause that was okay. when Penrith got pulled in, but um yeah, no, I mean, that's crazy. Iowa dropped Egizi because he didn't win the finals. Yeah, he was a two-timer, would have been a three-timer, and they dropped him. Back then, a three-timer was, whew, man. Yeah. Oh, I don't even, I don't know if freshmen could wrestle back then, but that's, man, that is intense. And he's Yeah, just, I think so. I think they were able to, yeah. They were, okay. Yeah. Um, and so you wrestle him at the Midlands home turf, his home turf as well. But how did that match go? How did you reverse it from a tech to a win? Yeah, well, again, I think the, the sprained ankle and the semis didn't help me the first time around. But I mean, Ed was Ed and, you know, it's still, you know, I was disappointed, but I, I felt like I, I didn't give my best effort. And so, you know, you, the more you let someone hang around and, you know, it was a close match, you know, he might have been up two to one. And I don't know, I, I just remember the thing I remember was that maybe I was winning by one, maybe it was tied, but he was cranking with his legs and he was so good on top and he was power half. And I thought he was going to break my neck. Um, and ultimately I, I was able to, he, he slipped off and I, I was able to reverse him and then you know, held on. I want to say it was five to three, um, heck of a match, big win for me, obviously. And, um, and, uh, Oh, there's pup. <laughs> that's, that's Bailey, our friend's dog. Come on, get down girl. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was just a huge, huge win and uh, momentum. And again, confidence builder. Oh, I got it. Remember I talked about just wrestling. So this is Midlands, my freshman year. I'm in the quarters and um, they're like, hey, you're wrestling the number five seed in the country from James Madison. Okay. I didn't know where James Madison was and I thought they were messing with me. So I said, okay, yeah, right. Went out there, beat them by eight. Um, I forget Peanut's real name. Um, I go way in, check my weight, and people are like, hey, congrats, you just beat the fifth-ranked kid in the country. I'm like, you were serious? <laughs> I, I mean, had I thought it was or knew, I don't know what I would have done. But I, again, just wrestle. 
and I went out and ended up beating them. But that's that that mental, you know, part of it, just not overthinking it. And I'm just yeah. gonna wrestle. Wow. So that had to be such a highlight for a, a true freshman to make the finals of the Midlands. I mean, what did that do for your confidence going forward? Yeah, you know, it was great. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, that that helped me. Um, I, I had a great freshman year. I was like 42 and eight. So that's back when you wrestled a lot of matches. And um, and I that just goes to show you I didn't win enough. Uh, I didn't make it to the finals enough. I had a lot of wrestle back wins that kept that win total going. But uh, definitely helped, right? Yeah, that confidence. I, I don't think, to be fair, my freshman year was uh, my weight class was very strong, although it did have um, Wyland, um, who was at Michigan before he transferred, and mm-hmm. he got beat by Eglin in the semis. I got the number one seed because I hadn't lost a duel, and um, and I, I, I don't think I would have beat Wyland either, right? Um, I ended up losing to him my junior year in the semis, and uh, uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't super tough, right? So mm-hmm. um, I think that helped me a little bit, but uh, – I made the NCAA tournament, win my pigtail, and then get destroyed by a guy named Tim Wright of uh, our <laughs> conversation earlier. As I'm I told so- you, that it's the one time I, I really want. I never got pinned in high school and college in, in, in folk style, and I wanted to get pinned that match. It was that <laughs> bad. I got teched before, right, by Gizzi, by Palacio. Eh, didn't feel that bad. It felt awful. He was a man child. <laughs> so Tim Wright. First four-time champ ever, but it was in Division Two. But it was before Pat Smith, so the fourth first four-timer ever, two-time Illinois State champ, just a takedown wizard. And he's been on the podcast before. And you know, one of those guys that's you heard about a little bit growing up, but was a, probably two generations removed from me. So anyone after me probably doesn't know Tim Wright is in Illinois, which is a shame because he's unbelievable. And uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, just just talk about you know he's the Division Two wrestler. He, won, he must have won D2s, obviously he did. And then he's at D1s. And so did you know anything about like Tim Wright at that point or? No, I just knew. I mean, I knew he was a bad hombre, right? I, I knew he was very talented. Um, he was a huge 118 pounder. In fact, I think he missed weight a couple of times at D1s after winning D2s the week before or whatever that was. But uh, no, yeah, just a lot of respect. Knew he was tough. Uh, was hoping I never had to wrestle him, but unfortunately I had to wrestle him once. So how quick was he? Oh my gosh. I, again, like I couldn't do anything. Usually I could hang with someone a little bit for a little while. And there was from the shaking hands. I lost that too. Right. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was crazy. Well, in the next year you come back, win the big tens. And now, now I'm starting to look at some of the names in this bracket and it's like starting to be like the who's who of the, the 118 pounders. And especially when you get to nationals, you have Jack Kuvo, you know, Corey Bays, Ken Chertow, Steve Martin. I mean, and, and you know, Zeke Jones, obviously. So it's starting to heat up during the latter part of your career in terms of the names that are in those brackets. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I took second my sophomore year, lost in the finals to Keith Nix, who went on as a freshman to, to take second in the country, right? He lost to Kubo. Um, what a talented kid. And then, uh, like you said, those those names are starting to appear. Um, and then the next year, I wrestled Nix in the finals again at Big Tens, and um, he had a single leg to start the period and uh, I cut him back and blew out his knee his his foot caught in the mat because he said it was I didn't do it I didn't do anything illegal um it just it was a bad thing and uh Mm -hmm. but then yeah you just uh I mean those names right um and Doug Weiland was an an animal and um so many good people um never had the play love watching Jimmy Martin like he was just a machine right robotic baby face Jimmy Martin right I think is he a doctor now or um, I'm not sure. See, I always get them confused. Like there's, you got Steve Martin and Jim Martin. I don't know if they're related. And then you had the one at Penn state who brands used to wrestle. So like, and then that's, you got the Grammy family. 
Yeah, and then I wrestled with Steve Martin all the time. You know, we we were four year nemesis. He was at Iowa and I was at Northwestern. In fact, after I I, I upset him in the semis my junior year, he was ranked one or two. Um, then I had to wrestle Knicks in the finals, um, and he was ranked one or two. Um, and uh, but they're two different families for sure. Um, Steve Martin of the Gramby family out of uh, Virginia, and uh, um, yeah, he was a talented technician, Steve. Um, but I love watching Jimmy Martin. He was just so and he was from cool. Penn State, Jimmy Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Churchill. How about that one-two combo, right? I mean, they Ooh. had some talent back then. It was those Penn State teams back then were tough. They they were the first one to beat Gable at at, at Carver. Yeah, they were. I mean, they were loaded for bear and uh, just. Uh, I, I never understood why they went down. Um, and I don't. Again, then Kel comes in and forget about it, right? Maybe oh I wish they God. were down again. But, uh, <laughs> what a coach! What a program! What it's just, yeah, phenomenal. But I just, I never knew why they were down. Still had talent, right? I'm like, they still had that great talent, just couldn't put it together. But uh, yeah. yeah, those are some. Those are some great, great teams. And then, you know, when you get to 1990 NCAA's, you're coming in, two-time Big Ten champ, returning All-American. What emotions are you feeling the start of the Nationals your senior year? Yeah. I got- you know, I was excited. I'm, I'm going to let this dog outside. No problem. So. We can, we can <laughs> pause the recording too. So no big um, deal. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and or you can change it. Um, you know, it was, I was excited. I was, you know, the anticipation was there. You know, I, I wasn't undefeated. Um, I think I lost to Schwab that year. And, um, Oh, let me just say this, by the way, um, if Mark Schwab is healthy, there's a lot of people that don't have a national title, including myself. Right. Um, that's, that was a game changer. And he was in my weight class, you know, with, uh, still as dangerous as ever with a leg that he can't straighten out. Right. Um, um, but I, I was I'm so glad I was, you said that about Mark Schwab because he's been on before and, you know, one of the, you know, four time Iowa state champ, a lot of people say one of the best high school wrestlers ever. I mean, so is this at the end of his career or the big beginning of his career? Yeah, this is the end. Um, um, I'm sorry. The, the, uh, when he's in the, my bracket. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was boy. What was he a couple years older than uh, at least a year. So he redshirted. I remember watching junior nationals and I mean, what a phenom, right? He couldn't be touched and uh, phenom. yeah, he was a phenom. I mean, there's, I mean, no one could touch that guy and, you know, and, you know, you can't control injuries. Right. And, uh, he had a bad one and, uh, it almost cost him his life. I, I thought, and, uh, but he came back and was still dangerous. Right. Um, and just, uh, an amazing wrestler. And, uh, so yeah, um, I just, I felt like I was ready for a title. Um, things had to go right. And the one thing that went right, Ryan is I don't know to this day that I could have beat Doug Weiler. I lost to him the semis the year before shot a double leg. He had locked me to my back and I'm like, please don't get pinned. Right. And I got off my back, but that was the match, right? Like seven to two, not a whole lot of action after that. Um, I went a close one in the semis against a guy from Clemson, like three to two. And then I look over and I see Gary McCall pull the upset of, of uh, Doug. And I said, tournament's mine. That's not having wrestled ever McCall, not having to wrestle Zeke and never uh, beaten, never wrestled uh, and never beaten Zeke. Um, but I just, it was like over. And that's the way it turned out. And uh, just an amazing ride. And so Zeke beats Schwab in the semis. Yep. Yep. And then I, I wrestled Ryan or uh, Gary McCall. And I remember where, you know, first 30 seconds, I snap him and he drives me out of bounds. I'm like, uh Oh, that boy's big, right? He cut down from 126. And then uh, I was fortunate enough. My coach, Tim Sazeski said he dreamed that I was going to hit a headlock and pin him. And then sure enough, I tied up, snapped his head tightest headlock I ever had and uh, pinned him in like a minute 20. And 
I was just like, are you kidding me? The Cinderella story keeps going. And uh, yeah, on the way to the finals. So that was, you know, who hits a headlock in the semis, right? But I, I used to hit a headlock on everyone I wrestle. I'm like, I'll give it a try. And um, and that was a good try. <laughs> what was Coach Zeski like? Oh, he was great. You know, he was my, you know, one of my workout partners for my first three years, assistant coach. You know, he was a good cop versus the bad cop. And uh, um, yeah, just motivational. We, we, had, I mean, we'd be killing each other in the practice room. Um, sorry, we're going to have to pause this again. I'm going to let the dog in. No problem. No problem. Sorry about that. No problem at all. Get in here. Um, yeah. So he just, you know, we would have battles, Ryan, like the Johnny Jones, Zeke Jones's brother, right? Johnny from was at Oklahoma state had this great little tilt and I don't know where I learned it from, but I, I, I do it all in high school I was doing it all in college and Timmy and I would just like, who could get it on who. Right. And we're screaming away. We'd get it. I'm like, he made practice fun, you know, to this day, he can still kick my butt. Right. Well, he's in 10 times better shape than I am. And he's like 65, 66 years old. And it just phenomenal guy, phenomenal coach. And uh, again, uh, you know, when I went to Northwestern, I was the only one 18 pounder. So uh, we only had Alan Seeley James, only 26 pounder. We had Joey Bells at 134. And then Timmy, I'm like, so I, I'm like, I'm wrestling everybody big, right? Which turned out to be a blessing because when I got to wrestle one eighteen pounder, they seemed light, mm-hmm. you know, I had to hit corners. I couldn't beat those guys head on. Um, so that, you know, that lack of a room, lack of bodies in a way ended up helping me. Now, thankfully down the road, we got a little more reinforcements and, and some more bodies, but uh, so yeah, he- but Timmy was a big part of that. He'd be in that room, just tearing people up. And he was your coach. He became the head coach your senior year. He did. Yeah. So I was his first ever national national champ. Wow. And he had been from Iowa, right? Yeah. He was, you know, he, he took third, I think his senior year. He's an Illinois boy at, at Glenbrook North or South and um, tough hombre. And uh, just did he, he started those, I think that, that chain of national championships, you know, I think that was one of his teams. So he was part of that nine that they won in a row and uh, just a great guy. Wow. And so you had him as the head coach and then Giese was the assistant and he, he was just training hard every day, I'm sure. And Szeski was kind of running the overall show. Yeah, that's it. And, and he would, you know, Timmy was a smart coach. He, he let Ed run the practice too. Cause you know, you got his experience from, from Minnesota and then his technique was, as I told you, is just phenomenal coach. You know, he's traveling the world and, and picking up stuff that, that helped. And so, um, you know, that's, he was phenomenal. So he, he helped us all little weights, middle weights and big weights, right? It didn't matter. He had great technique. Yeah. And he went on to, to live at Fox catcher for a number of yeah. years and was a big, big Greco guy, right? Oh, no, it's freestyle. Like, freestyle. you know, just his nemesis was, uh, you know, Zeke as was a lot of people's right. Um, he was the, you know, from 90 to probably from the late eighties to the nineties, he was always right there in the team picture. And then he just owned it, you know, from, probably 90 on, you know, just amazing wow. technician. And you wrestled him in the finals of the NCAAs. Had you wrestled him before that? Yeah, I had lost to him twice. I lost to him in the semifinal wrestlebacks as juniors, close match, maybe a one point match. And then I lost to him my senior year in the finals of Midlands, five to three. Um, I got into my seatbelt position, um, couldn't, couldn't do anything from it. He defended it very well. And uh, um, so, yeah, that was a uh, rematch from the Midland finals. And, uh, I got on the right side of it this time with, a a great, uh, double leg to a seatbelt to a hip toss that, you know, gave me five that, uh, you know, put them behind. And, uh, I think that was probably the difference right there. 
Wow. And then, cause yeah, the score looked pretty big in the bracket. So yeah, well, you know, it's five, nothing. He escapes five, one after one. And then um, second period, he escapes again, takes me down. It's five, four with a minute 10 left. And um, I escape, And then I was able to uh, take another shot, hit a great single leg, catch the ankle, take him down, ride him out with 20 seconds to go. And all you can, you can see, he just kind of shrug. He's like, damn right he all that energy you expend chasing and getting back and and all of a sudden it was you know it was an eight four or something like that and then escape a takedown and riding time made it a major decision and uh pretty exciting yeah it was a dream match right i just everything went right for me and uh i when i won um i i ended up clinching it for oklahoma state and uh there's a story in there where i was doing a lot of finger pointing as a after my freshman year not a lot of thumb pointing and i almost transferred to oklahoma state um, so there was something kind of ironic about me staying, which was 100% the right decision. And it was about me not redshirting ultimately. Um, and again, a lot of finger pointing, not enough uh, thumb pointing. And uh, I stayed and clinched it. So it was kind of cool that, you know, the Kendall Cross of the world, and those guys talking to him, those guys. And uh, so it was kind of fun to not only take fourth for my team, but help ultimately clinch it for Oklahoma. Got a big roar. I thought it was all about my match. I don't think it was. I think they knew it was were team champs and they were pretty excited because Arizona state was real tough back then. Yeah. The I mean, they, that was, I think that's what knocked them out, right? They had two in the yeah. finals, him and St. John. And I think they needed to win both to have a chance. And so I you, didn't state to lose. I don't know. So you almost transferred out your freshman year. Because I did. Your- yeah. I was just, you know, I wanted a red shirt. I thought, you know, I was small. If I could have another year, get bigger and stronger that I, maybe I'd have a shot at a couple titles. And, uh, um, like I said, it was, I was a little bit of a whiner, right? And a little spoiled and uh, wanted my way. And I was told I was going to be able to redshirt and it didn't happen. I didn't like that when I was, I was kind of taken away. Um, but ultimately is, again, those was life lessons, right? I, yeah. I realized I was, it was about me and I was being a little bit of a baby and uh, um, Northwestern, the end goal was that degree, right? And not that I couldn't have gotten a great degree at Oklahoma State, but it was, um, I was, I was being a baby. That's just, just put it out there. I was a baby. <laughs> What'd your folks say when you told them you were thinking about transferring? Hey, they were all behind me. Right. And ironically, I'm, I'm dating my future wife and she was like, go, right. She was, you know, your we boyfriend and girlfriend. And she's like, go, which I thought was pretty cool. She was behind me in my dreams as well. And, uh, um, it was big. Um, and yeah, no, they, they were mad too, but ultimately I stayed and they were fine with it. Right. Cause they got the, watch more than they would have if I went to Oklahoma state. So heck, I don't even know if I would have made the lineup, right. You never know. Tough guys. Did you ever wrestle Corey Bays back then? I did uh, in the uh, what's that tournament in Arizona. Sunkiss kids. Yeah. Um, And uh, I wrestled them twice. Um, I beat them uh, early in a great match, you know, a lot of action, as you can imagine with him being so dang fast. And then yeah. he, he wrestled back to the finals and he got me, um, beat me by one or two. And it was a bummer because I think if you won, you got invited to, you know, wrestle over in Russia. And so, and that's where I was hoping to, I was hoping to redshirt that year. And that's when they pulled it. And, um, and, uh, he went on to, to go on that. And I was a little bummed out, but boy, was he fun to watch. He came to Iowa city at late my, that in 92 to train for the Olympic trials. He was sucking down to 105 and a half. And boy, Oof. I think that was a little too much for him, but it was a great workout partner. Another, another piece in the, in the, in the pie. He there. was in Iowa city. Yeah. What? For a little while. Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. I interviewed him for the Smith audio documentary series we did. And you know, he was right there with John during those years. And yeah, he's a, he's an awesome guy, business owner, you know, really successful and just a really great guy. But yeah, I, 
when you said Oklahoma State, I was thinking of who would have been there. I'm like, oh, it had to be Corey during those years. And yeah, yeah. And Eddie uh, Woodburn. And, you know, and Yeah, and then maybe Perlers were young. They came in and replaced him because they were after was that. two or three yeah. years older than me. Yeah. Yeah, Perlers were during, um, yeah, a lot of those like 90, 91, 92, 93 teams. Yeah, like, I know oh, one of them was in my bracket in 90. I, I, I saw one of them in there, so. Yeah. Yeah. Those were, man, how many studs during that time. And so before we let you go, I got to talk about your, your, your moving to Iowa city. So you graduate from Northwestern. How did you end up going to the Hawkeye club? Yeah. You know, um, boy, I, uh, I, I don't know where the connection was, but it was at the national tournament my senior year. And I was like, okay, where am I going? And Northwestern was like, I don't know that we can have you around. Um, coaching wise, club wise spots. And so it's like, where could I go? And then um, uh, talking to one of the Iowa wrestling mandates and I, forgive me, I forget her name. Um, but I, all of a sudden I'm, I'm getting to the semis and there's Gable and he's like, Hey Gable, you know, Jack wants to come here and train, you know, for the Olympic stuff. And he's like, well, call me. Right. And uh, I knew Mark Johnson, Illinois boy. Right. And mm-hmm. so saw Mark as well. And so I started talking with him and he's like, yeah, we'd love to have you. Right. And uh, this is funny, right. I, I show up. And I walk into the Hawkeye car where I'm, I'm rooming with um, Kevin Dresser's brother, Dan, um, lifelong friend, great guy. Um, but who do I see? One of the first people, Steve Martin. His first words to me, what are you doing here? <laughs> I'm like, I want that for a welcome. I'm like, I'm training for the Olympics. He's like, eh. <laughs> I guess that's what happens when you compete with someone for four years. You're not, you know, super close, but oh, great, great guys. I saw him not too long ago before they dropped the program. Uh, I think it might've been a Midlands or no, a dual meet. And uh, it was great seeing him and smiling and, you know, it's, it's great. So think about wrestling, right? You, your enemies for six or seven minutes on the mat. And then afterwards mm-hmm. get over it yourself. You know, I, I love telling the story. Steve was a little gruff, right? It's like, ah. And I would, every turn I saw him at, right? So I'm like, hi, Steve. Wouldn't say anything. Hi, Steve. Four years straight, senior year. Hi, Steve. Hi, Jack. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I broke him. I got him to say hi. <laughs> and so when you get so, to Iowa City, it's, this is like the rebuild. So you got the Brands Brothers, you got Chad Zapital, you got, yeah, I don't know if like, well, obviously Penrith was still there. Yep. Steve Martin. Uh, I don't know if, if Randy's still wrestling a Randy's little bit. still there. Oh yeah. Who yeah. was there? So you walk in, must've been like June of 90. You got, you know, a year and a half, better part of two years to get ready for the Olympics. What's your first experience of the, of the, of the environment? Yeah. You know, it's just intense, right? I mean, you got a lot of people, the college athletes are, are trained to win national titles, the Hawkeye wrestling club. You had a great group of people that, you know, trying to, to fulfill lifelong dreams. You know, we got Roy Salinger leading the crowd, right? And uh, Rico was around <laughs> and, you know, just uh, just great. Lou Boo, you know, Barry Davis, right? I'm like, Barry, I, I think he spotted me 12 points in a, like a two-minute match and he beat me, you know? I'm like, it was just that good, incredible. I mean, it's just, oh. I mean, if you couldn't get better in that environment, you, you had a problem, right? And uh, again, talk about nowhere to hide, right? You're in those practices. That's when you didn't have to split practice, right? You got to train with the kids and it didn't matter that it wasn't freestyle. You were just going hard because, I mean, it wasn't fun wrestling Zap, you know? And, and at that point, Terry didn't want to wrestle me. He wanted to wrestle bigger guys, right? He was, he was busy wrestling Tommy Ryan, getting his butt kicked and just kept coming at him, you know? It's just that wonderful intensity that you got to witness. And I think that's what it was. And I remember, you know, Gable was so smart. He, he kind of let that team run the practices he's like they're good they don't need much right i'll stay out of the way and if something changes i'll do it but he was such the master of of 
knowing when to push you and knowing when to back off, you know, the team as well as individuals. And uh, he was just an amazing guy. And uh, I was just proud to be around him for two years and, and train. And Hey, he was in my corner at the U S open when I wrestled uh, in the finals and beat uh, Chris Bolin. And uh, that was a real thrill. I got a great picture with him and uh, yeah, it's just, that's, that's one for the record books for sure. So Zapital is one of those guys where there's a story of legend that, you know, he, he never won an NCAA title and he had a, a, a Hawkeye tattoo on his chest. And then after he didn't get the NCAA title, he had like the tattoo removed. I mean, so there's like, that's, that's one of those guys that easily could have been, you know, one of the names we all know about. And a lot of people, yeah, you know, and we should, right. Cause what he did, I know he didn't win it, but oh my gosh, he's one of the elite in that era. And, um, he, uh, I remember I wrestled him in college and I think he was a freshman. I'm like, boy, and he was just a tough kid. Right. I I ended up beating him, but I'm like, boy, he didn't back down, just kept coming. And I was like, that kid's going to be great. And sure enough, he was and fun to wrestle in practice and just your heart goes out to him. Right. I'm like, you know, it was kind of like Dwayne Goldman all over again. Right. Until we accept he, he gets the, the happy ending and, and, and poor Chad didn't, but uh, I think it goes to show you, I hear he's hugely successful doing construction. I think he's living down South somewhere and kicking butt. And so, you know, life's not fair sometimes and you gotta go through those those tough times and and better things are to come and uh i think you know in the end ryan that he's a huge winner right yeah 100 percent. shame on people who don't know who chad zappo is because one of the best lightweights ever i think right 100 percent. and those teams were so tough so i mean you're probably going to the dual meet still right watching carver i'm going nuts you know i i I adopted the hawkeyes right i'm I'm all in oh my god i mean 91 90 91 might be one of the best teams ever 92 you know a lot of the same guys and then 93 um is is when you know they did the steiner shuffle and guys are starting to you know, brands had left, but I mean, what was, what was like, what were the brands like back then? Were they just, just as intense as they are now? Yeah. You know, they just, they just, you know, every, every day was on, you know, I guess they were a couple of Super Bowl jacks as well. Right. It was just <laughs> their, their intensity that they brought to the practice was incredible, but uh, they're also, you know, yeah, they were intense, but they're just great guys, right? Good guys to be around. You got outside the wrestling room and I used to drive Terry crazy. I'd, I'd give him all these like, you know, what are they brain twisters, you know? And, oh, and he wouldn't get the answer. And he'd be so mad and just start laughing. And it was good to see a kid like that laugh, right? Cause you're like, you can't always be, you know, so high stress and, but that's just the way who Terry is and Tom yeah. a little bit as well. And, um, but just great hearted people, great coaches and, 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 but boy, you know, it's, you, you, you're glad you're on their side. Let's just put it that way. You know? <laughs> Man. And, and I was, so. And you must have been there for that epic match between Pat Smith and Tom Ryan at Carver yeah. in 1991. Uh, oh, my yeah. God. The what a match. Out. The time Yes. Out. Oh, it's just, yeah, no, for sure. Um, just craziness, yeah. Ryland pinning. Uh, oh, the neck wrench. Are you kidding me? Jeez. What, I mean. Great times, Zach. And we could talk about this stuff all day. I, I know you're you're out on, on a little bit of vacation now, so we'll let you go. The, the last thing we'll wind down with is you've been at Northwestern since grad, uh, after the after 92, you come back, do some coaching, and you've been in the fundraising side of things for for a long time, just looking at your LinkedIn and you know, incredible success, the 28 million or so that you've raised. I just want to ask one thing, you know, as a salesperson, um, you know, I'm curious about this stuff. What's some of the the things you've learned about like relationship building with some of these ultra, ultra, 
um, high-end people that, that you're going to and, and approaching for, for donations? You know, what are some of the things you've learned in that realm? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, when I made the switch from coaching to fundraising, and I, I, I tell donors this all the time, I go, they figured I'd be good at twisting arms in different ways. And <laughs> most of them laugh, I would tell you that. Um, but uh, really, it's about people, right? And relationships and, and being you, right? And I'm, I'm pretty confident in being me. I, I can't be anybody else. I, I'm not a fake it till you make a guy. And um, and you just get to know people and you build some trust and, um, you know, you do your homework on, on what someone can do and find out what their interests are and, and, and just, you, you build that relationship. So, you know, in, in fundraising, Ryan, if someone doesn't know the ask is coming, you failed, right? I'm like, if someone's genuinely surprised, cause I'm charged with bringing gifts of a hundred thousand dollars to several million dollars, right? It's, it's not pocket change. And, um, and uh, it's, it's big. So, you know, if I, and I, Hey, I, I get no plenty of times. Right. And I don't mind asking, Hey, can you help me understand? I just, why, why the no, right. What do you mean by no? Is it right now? Is it the project? Is it the timing? You know, and I, and I'm not trying to sell them again. I, I want to know, did I miss, right. It's again, it's going back to, did you do your homework? I made them, did I make a mistake somewhere? And um, by, by doing that follow-up and, and, and asking it respectfully, you know, some people like I had one guy told me no to $125,000. And I'm like, Hey, did I, did I screw up? You know, what did I do wrong? Like, well, he's like, no, you're spot on. He goes, timing. He's like, I need a couple more years. I'm like, oh, okay. And you know, Charles, you know, a couple of years later did it. And um, so wow. it's just, it's, it's about people. Um, the neat part about the world, you don't have to be an extrovert, uh, sorry, an extrovert to be a great fundraiser. Introverts are quite, they just come at it a different way. They're quite successful. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, just, you know, I'm a people person. I'm Irish, right? We like to talk. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of great people out there in the wrestling world, Ryan. And I know uh, Bill McKenna helped make us, you know, get us connected. He, he's got a lot of respect for you and what you're doing. And, you know, watching a lot of these, it's, it's you're doing amazing work. And but Thank there's a, there's a guy who, you know, his son went to Northwestern and uh, he's, he's supported us greatly. And, um, you know, he wasn't a big time wrestler. Right. And uh, he's not a Northwestern guy. Um, but he's a wrestling guy and him and Gary Sagway helped our wildcat wrestling club immensely. They helped the Hawkeye wrestling club. And um, there are those people in that wrestling community. Um, the cult is strong, right? And there's a lot of great people who, who know that their dreams were, were fulfilled by people that they didn't even know. And um, so those, those folks, I, I owe them a debt of gratitude. When I got into fundraising, I don't think I quite understood who helped me get there on my journey. I knew my coaches, I knew my training partners, but then when I got into fundraising, I'm like, wow, I owe a lot of people thanks. And so my getting into fundraising was my way to give back to Northwestern, right? I got a full ride. I got to pay that back. I may not be able to give millions, uh, but if I can raise it for the university and for athletics specifically and wrestling even more specifically, um, that's a win. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot of amazing people out there um, and I've gotten to know a lot of them. They become dear friends. I'm not afraid to ask my friends for money. So whoever watches this, be aware, <laughs> um, put your wallet away maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been a great career for a guy who just stumbled into it, Ryan, and uh, um, wow. just trying to give back any way I can. So a couple of things, Bill McKenna, we love you. You're the man. Uh, love Amen. Bill McKenna. He's awesome. But you said something that is so valuable. Two things, really. One, you don't have to be an extrovert and 
I'm preaching the good word of people going into sales all the time because I think it's one of the best careers where, you know, the harder you work, the more you can make. You don't need to be an extrovert to be in sales by any means. I think that's one of the, the craziest misconceptions. And in fact, I'm a little jealous of the introverts because they seem to have the details in order a little bit more than I do. Yeah, you know, right? I'm big picture. I'm missing details left and right. Um, well, those guys are on it um, and girls. The other thing, though, is, man, when, when someone says no, it's so easy just to get off the phone and you go ahead and ask them why they say no. I love that. Yeah, yeah you have to. Right. And just you want to know if you're on the if you're on the right path or not. And uh, um, and, and even more importantly, when you're asking, like trying to it's not afraid to. Oh, sorry about that. No worries. Um, We're about done here. Not afraid to, you know, just kind of find out more of the information you need. Right. And so but those no's, yeah, you need to know why, because they maybe something that you're like, I, we get in our way a lot, right? Right in sales, you know, so I'm asking someone for $100,000. They got two kids in college. It's easy for me to say, that's not going to work. And I, and I, I, I've hired a bunch of people and, um, and I watch them and I go, don't, you need to let them say no. Don't right? assume. We, yeah. we need to ask. I'm like, we don't know what their, their family history is. You know, they may be related to um, Buffett, you know, I'm like, <laughs> so let them say no. You're probably right, but let them say no. And so it's those little things. And again, you build that through relationship building and, and respect and doing what you need to do. So it's uh, good stuff. Awesome. Jack Griffin, it's been an honor to have you. Last question for everyone is how did wrestling change your life? We'll sign off with that, sir. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I must have touched upon it earlier. Um, you know, it, it got me a four-year degree in Northwestern, uh, changed my path, changed my kids' paths, and um, it's it was a, a huge game changer. So blessed, and and all the people I've gotten to meet in this crazy wrestling world has been a been a blessing. So that's it's it. Been, it's been great to have you, man. Thank you so much, Jack. Enjoy your day, sir. Thanks, Ryan. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode with Jack Griffin. If you want to support the show, please go to SpartanCombat.com to place your custom team apparel order. To listen to past interviews, go to WrestlingChangeMyLife.com.